Welcome to Wake Up and Listen with Don Burnett and Dr. Don. If you've been looking to get unstuck, have better relationships all around, release negativity, emotional blockages, and invite harmony into your life, you've stopped at the right place. Now, here are your co-hosts, Don Burnett and Dr. Don. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Wake Up and Listen. I'm Dawn Burnett. And I'm Dr. Dawn. It's our heart's desire tonight to help you push past your fear so you can turn your dreams into a reality. To do that, we have Guinness Book of World Records, Captain Barrington Irving, joining us. At the age of 23, he set two world records as the youngest person and first black pilot to fly solo around the world, and he was named a National Geographic Emerging Explorer in 2012. He grew up in inner city Miami, which wasn't always easy, but at the age of 15, a young Jamaican airline pilot offered to mentor him, so he rejected college football scholarships to pursue a career in STEM, and he never looked back. He has a passion to explore, inspire, and educate others, and in doing so, he developed a flying classroom curriculum that transforms the way students learn science, technology, engineering, and math. Hi, Barrington. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, we're doing fine. <laughs> we're doing great. It's an honor to have you. We're so excited to hear about your story, and we're looking forward to unlocking our fears so that we can embrace our dreams. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honored to have the opportunity to share a little bit of my story. Awesome. So to start with Barrington, I want you to take me back to the age, because there's a lot of people that have dreams in their heart from the time that they're young. So I want you to take me back to the age of when you first had the dream in your heart to fly solo. What brought about that passion and I'm sure you faced a lot of adversities along the way, right? Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny, you know, with the introduction you mentioned, you know, facing our fears and challenges. And um, I honestly had a fear I wasn't going to live a long life. Wow. So the question I ask myself is what's one thing I can do that would inspire others in the same way that airline pilot Captain Gary Robinson transformed my life and inspired me. And that's where it honestly started because this guy showed, you know, simply just showed me what he did. I took interest, interest turned into passion. Next thing you know, I'm earning my flight licenses, but also at the same time, I'm saying to myself, what can I do, you know, before I die? And I just had this press and burn. And part of that is because, you know, the neighborhood I grew up in, that was honestly the right question to ask. And um, um, that honestly played a key part in pushing me and wanting to do something inspirational to inspire the kids. You know, people say, well, weren't you afraid of dying and, you know, all these other things? And honestly, I, I could care less because even if I died, it would still be inspiring to kids and wanting to chase and pursue that dream. Now, was your reason for thinking you were going to die at a young age because of the environment that you were living in in Miami? Yes. So, for example, I remember when I graduated high school, I was like, okay, graduated high school. That's great. But I'll never forget when I turned 21. And I was like, man, I made it to 21. You know, some of my friends didn't make it to 21. And, um, you know, that was... 
and to make it to 21, you're not locked up. You know, you made it out of some tough neighborhoods. And honestly, for me, that that was inspirational for me. And I, I know people may say, well, how do you find that to be inspiring? But, you know, I, I tell people all the time, poverty actually became one of my greatest assets to that that have honestly built me to where I am today. Yeah, I, I understand the poverty level because I was one of the, the kids that stood in the cheese line, although I have a feeling in my small town and the Adirondack Mountains was nothing like what you were enduring in Miami and the size of Miami. Uh, were you? Were there a lot of gangs around you? Is that why a lot of your yes. friends didn't yes. make it to 21? I want to kind of take our listeners to that. Yes, gangs around. So I grew up in two of the three worst neighborhoods in Miami, and that was Liberty City and Opalaka. And there were different challenges. You know, for example, we lived in a small home, uh, so we were grateful that we had a home that we lived in, but it was so bad. There was a dope house literally right in front of our home. We couldn't ride bikes outside, had to ride bikes just literally around the, the yard. And, you know, that was the type of environment that you're dealing with. You know, you're attending a high school uh, at that time, uh, had high pregnancy rates. Uh, one of the top, we were one of the top schools, acad- uh, not academically, but athletically. However, our school was ranked one of the highest schools with the HIV virus, you know? So it, it's this chaos that's going on, you know, in the community. You know, um, my the first dead body I saw, goodness, you know, based on a crime, I was what? I don't know, 12 or 11, something like that. And, you know, that's the first dead body I saw because, you know, someone got their head blown off, literally down the street from me as a cab driver, you know? So that was the type of environment I grew up in. And so it, uh, you see it in movies. Our listeners are listening. They're probably sitting on the edge of their seat right now. I know I'm on the edge of my seat. And, you know, putting myself into that picture, I can't experience it, but I can certainly have you visually take me there and we see it in movies and we hear of it all the time. What made you decide to rise up when so many others don't? Um, I saw what was possible. So, you know, the saddest part about all of this is um, where I lived in Opalaka, Florida, um, I grew up less than two miles from a private airport. And never once did I think, well, I had the potential to fly an airplane until I met Captain Robinson. And it was honestly the exposure as well as the willingness to explore something different, something foreign. Uh, and and uh, that, those, those were the, the three key things. Is I was just willing to try something different. And because I was willing to try something different, I fell in love with it and also saw a possibility in the field of, uh, in the field of aviation. You know, uh, when I was in school, I, was, I played for a team, uh, our high school football team, Miami Northwestern Senior High School. We were ranked number one in the country in football at the time, not just the state, the entire country. And football was everything to me. You know, until I learned about something different that I never even knew I could have a passion for, that allowed me to see the world from a different perspective. And, 
And ever since being introduced to them, it was difficult to separate from football. But after experiencing that, I just wanted more. I wanted to see things. I wanted to understand cultures, people, uh, technology usage. You know, I just wanted to see beyond what I saw, you know, in, in, in my neighborhood. Would you say, Barrington, was there any person like a classmate or an aunt or an uncle or somebody or somebody somewhere that maybe thought similar to you or said something to you that made you kind of see things differently other than just being an, a, a jock or an athlete? Well, uh, I'll be honest with you. My former high school teacher, her name is Miss Batiste. When I was in school, I absolutely couldn't stand this woman. Right? She was one of those <laughs> teachers. She was one of those teachers who, who demanded a high level of excellence and you know, she, she just had high expectations and could care less that I was an athlete. You know, she wasn't impressed by that. Yeah. And she was the one who saw my potential and said, Barrington, you actually need to pursue this. You know, you need to pursue this. And, and she was very pivotal in my decision to turn down football uh, for aviation. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, now here you are moving forward. You, you've decided to follow this new passion and you're right. It's all about opening up your mind, expanding your horizons. And, and when you do that and detach from outcome, that's when all the possibilities start to line up. But real quick, before we go to commercial break, I'd like you to just tell our listeners a little bit about what was involved, the steps you took in preparing yourself both mentally and physically. Oh, great question. Um, mentally, to fly around the world, uh, you know, there's only so much you can do. Number one, the greatest challenge I had is no one wanted to directly train me because of the liability. You know, God forbid if I would have passed, you know, they didn't want my family or anyone trying to sue them. So I actually had to speak with individuals from airline pilots to corporate pilots and different individuals around the world to understand weather and under, and build a background knowledge, right? I also investigated all the different people who attempted to fly around the world, and I, I paid key attention to those who failed. Um, uh, the youngest person to fly around the world prior to me was 37 years of age. I was able to accomplish at the age of 23, but I kind of had to enroll people in a uh, non-direct manner. So, for example, um, you know, flight planners, uh, uh, meteorologists, because when I did the flight, imagine I had no weather radar and no de-icing in a single-engine airplane making 27 stops in 13 countries, and your flight legs are as long as 12, 13 hours at a time. It's extremely challenging, and mentally, the part that I struggled the most with, believe it or not, wasn't so much the flying. I had some terrifying moments there, but it was more so managing not just flying, but once you get there and dealing with folks who, you know, whether it's media, paparazzi, or uh, dealing with customs, uh, you know, I've, I've been, I was held under house arrest in India. I was, goodness, held up in Cairo, Egypt. You know, all those different things that you have to deal with in order to make the trip successful. And then physically, it's the endurance, you know, the endurance at that point. Yeah, talk about endurance. And real quick, how did you get through that house arrest? I mean, how scary. 
Yeah, I know. So that was an interesting situation. Um, I made two stops in India. One was Mumbai, had no issues. And then the other one was in Calcutta, India. And there was a major, uh, there was a tropical storm passing through the Bay of Bengal. And um, they were pointing to the larger planes and saying, hey, those guys are leaving. You can leave. You know, my permit had expired. They're like, you can leave. I'm like, guys, I can't leave. I'm in this little single-engine airplane. I can't climb above the storms. Anyways, they put me under house arrest for like, I don't know, what was it, 15 hours or something like that. And um, we had to get the U.S. Embassy involved and all these different folks. So it's it's a challenge to fly into different parts of the world when you're held to the rules. And, you know, someone has a bad day and they feel like, hey, I want to charge you $10,000 as your fee. Guess yeah. what? You better pay that $10,000. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, as you can hear, listeners, there's a lot that goes into stepping out and having courage and following your dream. We're getting ready to go to a commercial break. When we come back, Barrington's going to reveal ways on how you can overcome your challenges so that you can achieve your goals. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of feeling stuck? Well, this can be your disconnect of the past. We can help you live the life of your dreams. All you have to do is check out a new dawn naturalsolutions.com and get started by making a shift and signing up for your free five keys to unlocking success as featured in Jack Canfield's The Road to Success book, Volume 2. That's a new dawn naturalsolutions.com. We're here to help you connect to ultimate wellness. A new dawn natural solutions. Take control of your health and live a natural way to a better life. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. This is Wake Up and Listen. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to wakeupandlistenradio at gmail.com. That's wakeupandlistenradio at gmail.com. Or you can even post them to our Facebook page. Just search Wake Up and Listen. Now, back to the show. Here's Don Burnett and Dr. Don. Wow. Welcome back, listeners. It's time to wake up and listen. We've been talking with Barrington even just on break about what it took for him to pursue his dream. And we were talking about the challenges that turn up right before break. So we've gone through uh, storms. We've gone through house arrest. 
We're talking about custom issues. And, and Barrington was just breaking it down for Dr. Don and I on break there about you really got to simplify your fears. So that's so true, Barrington. So I want to talk about those fears. What fears did you face during your flight? I want you to literally put myself, Don, and our listeners in that cockpit with you. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll share this first one. So I departed from northern Japan from a place not called uh, Nekashibetsu. And um, last minute, Russia denied the opportunity for me to fly through their airspace in order to get to Shemi, Alaska. Shemi, Alaska is the, the second to last island on the Aleutian chain, middle of nowhere, uh, on the edge of the Bering Sea, middle of nowhere. And um, a flight that was supposed to take 10, you know, uh, let's say eight, nine hours by cutting through the Russian airspace was now increased to about 12 hours. And you have no weather radar, there are icing conditions to deal with. A lot of weather can change within 12 hours. When I took off, the forecast was pretty good. And next thing you know, after about four hours into the flight, four or five hours into the flight, the winds start changing, have to fly through some storms and fly around storms, climb the sand, climb the sand from 25,000 feet down to 11,000 feet just climbing and descending. And when you're doing that, you're burning more fuel. So you're cutting into your fuel reserves. And imagine that you're flying to an island only one mile long, two miles circumference, and you have one shot at this. Why do you have one shot at this? I only have 12 minutes of fuel left in my tank. And um, I have ice on the wings of my airplane and my airspeed, my cruise speed is slowing down from about 160 knots down to 97 knots, so I'm approaching stall speed. And that was a crazy moment for me over the ocean. Back then, I didn't know how to swim back then. Uh, to, to be quite honest, I said to myself, well, who cares at this point? Um, <laughs> you know, because if you go down the Pacific Ocean, no one's really going to find you. But... Um, I remember in that moment while doing this flight, um, I mentally started to lose it. You know, when you think you're about to die, you do some silly thin things. And I remember looking out the left-hand side onto the wing and seeing the ice build up. And I'm literally blowing as if I can blow the ice off the wings, you know. And <laughs> it was silly of me, but it was just a mental moment of desperation. Then I had to bring myself back to reality and remember the certain things I learned from training as a way, as it relates to uh, temperature inversions and all of these different things. And I had to slow the moment down. And, and I know your listeners may be saying, how, how do you slow a moment down? We have the mental capacity to make things go as fast and as slow as we want them to. And I learned that in that moment because at that moment I thought I was going to die and I mentally slowed things down. And I just did one, one step at a time, one procedure at a time, and just looking outside and experimenting with altitudes and all these different things. And I was fortunately able to get myself out of the situation and stuck to the goal. And, and we, as human beings, naturally we complicate things. 
where there are moments where it is complex, but you break down complexity through procedures, common sense, and just taking the moment slow. And that's honestly what I was able to do in, in you know, a short description. But that was definitely one that I, I definitely thought I was dying on that day. Wow. That's unbelievable. Well, uh, yeah, definitely unbelievable. I'm just like, okay, and what happened next? Because we've talked about house arrest and how do you deal with, I mean, you're in another country. Hopefully you speak the same language, right? <laughs> and, and, and that usually is not the case. And you have to abide by their rules. And first there has to come an understanding and we have a communication breakdown. How do you do that? Well, I know th- two things. Number one, we, you know, there's a universal world word that almost everyone knows, and that word is no. So <laughs> that one I knew. <laughs> and, and in addition to that, people may not understand what you're saying, but people can also read body language. So, for, so I, I utilize that to my leverage where I would remain calm, be nice and friendly. You know, uh, on some of the trips, I, for example, I'd bring an extra Snickers bar or M&M cookie, M&M, you know, chocolate or whatever the case may be, and, and offer food or, you know, water or an energy drink to them. And, you know, they, they, underst- they understood the kind gestures is basically what I'm saying. And... Um, the expression of body language when you're in certain situations dictate how bad it can get because, I mean, yeah, I was placed on the house arrest, but they could have put me in jail. But I was calm. I was relaxed. In, in my mind, I wasn't. But outwardly, I wasn't causing a commotion or anything. Of course, they knew I was upset. But, you know, I would say certain things like safety, safety, you know, those type of things. And, you know, you know people, people read that and they understand. Wow, you are a brilliant, brilliant man. You know, when you when you well, land when you land somewhere, Barrington, uh, you're not at, necessarily at an airport, are you? Or where do you land? Are these designated fields, or do you know where you're going to land? Where there are other planes yes. that that land? Yes, yes, you have to. You have to know because you know you, you can't just show up into any country. You have to have permits, clearances. You know, some countries. They're lenient in other countries. They'll literally shoot you out of the sky. And, um, you know, so you have to go through all the permits and clearances and pay all the different international fees. It's a lot of coordination that goes into it. And we actually worked with uh, Universal Weather out in uh, Houston, Texas. And they, you know, really helped us in in coordinating that. In other places, you need to have have a handler with you, you know, because the, the, the barrier in languages... Um, oh goodness, the, even to fuel your plane, you want to make sure you get, you're getting the right fuel that's being pumped into your airplane. Um, it's just so many logistics that you have to deal with back and so, forth in order to coordinate. So how do you set that up? You're saying a handler. Like, what does that look like? They have designated people that they've arranged in those other yes. countries waiting for you? Yes, correct. Okay. Correct. And there are some countries where they may not be. So basically, in some cases, they will hire someone, you know, that speaks English, m- m- most likely would understand aviation or a little bit, you know, they'll brief them on the procedures. 
Uh, the international language when you travel around the world is English. Uh, however, in different countries, you have heavy accents, you know, so uh, in certain parts of the world, you know, the letter M or N or R doesn't exist. So the, the pronunciation becomes really difficult uh, to understand uh, due to the accent. All these places that you had to land, uh, where was this all prearranged from beginning to yes. end? Yes. Now, there were a few places we had to pivot. Uh, it's quite simply because of the weather. You know, weather is the greatest challenge, uh, especially when you're not dealing with uh, any radar, any de-icing. Um, goodness, I flew through a, a sandstorm over Saudi Arabia. Uh, and how did you see? <laughs> I didn't, and planes aren't meant to fly through them, and I'm very fortunate the sand didn't reach the turbochargers in the engine. Now, you know, Saudi Arabia isn't necessarily a place where you can say, all right, let me land at this airport and wait, you know, for stuff to pass by. Um, doesn't work that way. Um, you have to be extremely careful. You know, sometimes when you commit to something, you're committed to it. Yes, you try to create options and you go through that in training or flight school, but there are times where you don't have an option. It's either you do it right or you don't do it at all. And um, a lot of weather can change in 10, 12 hours. You know, when, when you look at all the stops that you made, you made something like, what, 27 stops? How many yeah. of those were, were changed uh, because of whatever condition or whatever happened from the initial I think, designations? I think about four or five of them we had to change. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. I don't, honest to God, I don't know how you did that. That's almost unhuman, all the crap that you went through. We're sitting here with our jaws hanging open. I, I don't know either, you know, but when you're in the moment of those things, you're not even thinking about that. I'll, I'll give you an example. I flew over to North Atlantic from Newfoundland, uh, St. John's, Canada, to Santa Maria Azores. The flight was 13 hours. And when I did that flight, uh, there was nothing wrong with the plane. And I mentally lost it. I literally almost crashed the plane into the ocean because I was thinking about, uh, goodness, you know, I, I was delayed and all the people watching me and making all my sponsors proud and my family. And I literally almost mentally lost it for no reason, you know. And it's, it, it's those types of things where sometimes you just need to just focus on what is the goal and, and it, it, we use the term calculated risk all the time, but what is a calculated risk, right? It's the ability to know the parameters and the envelopes that you're operating in and then take the chance, you know? Yeah, you're touching on a very, very important point that is universal in a lot of areas, Barrington, and you just kind of hit the nail on the head, and that's you have to stay connected. It's all about connected. When you started to become disconnected from keeping your eye on the prize of what you had to do at that moment in time, and you're out here thinking of all these sponsors, that's when an accident almost happened and you almost lost it. So a very, very important tip to pass along, I'm just sitting here like, wow, it takes a village to make those dreams become a reality. We're getting ready to go to a commercial break. Coming up, we'll be discussing how to uncover your passion and what it takes to move beyond the dream. We'll be back in a moment. (music) 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of feeling stuck? Well, this can be your disconnect of the past. We can help you live the life of your dreams. All you have to do is check out a new dawn naturalsolutions.com and get started by making a shift and signing up for your free five keys to unlocking success as featured in Jack Canfield's The Road to Success book, Volume 2. That's a new dawn naturalsolutions.com. We're here to help you connect to ultimate wellness. A New Dawn Natural Solutions. Take control of your health and live a natural way to a better life. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. This is Wake Up and Listen. If you have a question or comment about the show... Please send an email to wakeupandlistenradio at gmail.com. That's wakeupandlistenradio at gmail.com. Or you can even post them to our Facebook page. Just search Wake Up and Listen. Now, back to the show. Here's Don Burnett and Dr. Don. Welcome back, listeners. I'm Don Burnett. I'm joined by my co host, Dr. Don, in Barrington Irving has been revealing ways on how to push past the barriers of fears that holds you back from living the life you dreamed of. And I have to say, this is one show and story I don't want to end. I'm on the edge of my seat. We've been talking about all kinds of adversities, the most incredible advice, and how Barrington has overcome these adversities. We're just sitting here with our jaws hanging open, Dr. Don and I, and I, I want to touch upon your work, Barrington, because what an accomplishment I mean, kudos to you. Wow. And now you're working, my understanding is, with a lot of kids, and you founded the Flying Classroom. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, my, my, my dream, when I fell in love in a, with aviation, I, I wanted to become an airline pilot or, you know, corporate pilot, and that's what I wanted to do. And when I flew around the world, I inspired a ton, tons of kids and, and, and realized that and said, all right, let me give this education thing a shot. So we've had kids build cars faster than Ferraris. We've had kids build airplanes from scratch. And these were kids from family school districts. And I said, how can I push the envelope? So we created a curriculum called the Flying Classroom that's in partnership with Scholastic. And basically what we did was we transformed an aircraft, a business jet, into a real-life magic school bus because so many kids sit in class and say to themselves, when am I ever going to use what I'm learning, the theory of what I'm learning, 
and life. So we yeah. travel around the world exploring science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, 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 other concepts tied into it. We say STEM plus, and the plus represents anything from reading, literacy, communication, humanities. And we go out and travel the world, conduct expeditions, package that into content teachers can utilize in the classroom, and we make learning engagement, engaging and fun. We tie in project-based learning activities with it, and we created this, this flying classroom. The whole goal of it is to build engagement for children as well as create content for kids. A lot of people don't realize this, but in this country, in the United States, before in education, the big issue was access to technology and hardware. Now we have more schools with technology and Internet access. You know what the real issue is now in education? What's that? No. It's content. Yeah. Content. Quality content because yeah. kids go to school and they're bored. The yeah. reason why they're bored is because the teachers may not have the, the expertise or the valuable content made available to them. So let me give an example about that. In order to bring, let's take a subject like DNA. How okay. do you bring that to life for a bunch of middle school kids? Well, teachers struggle with that. So we traveled to a place called Palau, and we worked with a deadly creature known as a sea snake. And what scientists have figured out is that if you alter the venom, as well as the DNA, you can fight against heart attack and heart disease. Think about how many students know someone that's on high blood pressure medication, for example. You created relevance for a child and, and real-world application for them to even care about what they want to learn. So those are types of expeditions that we do. We've accomplished uh, 30 expeditions so far. Just recently I did one where uh, teachers wanted me to bring to life the atmosphere, right? The stratosphere, troposphere. How do you bring that to life? Well, we did a halo jump, a high-altitude jump, where we jumped out of a plane at 30,000 feet, minus 40 degrees, and we, were, we reached terminal velocity at about 262 miles per hour in the fall. And that's what kids want to see. And then we leverage that engagement and create learning opportunities from it. Now, the children, how old were the children that jumped? So, oh, no, the children did not jump. It was just me. It was way too dangerous. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, that didn't make sense. I didn't catch the children in there somehow. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah, way too dangerous. So I actually go out and do these expeditions. It's filmed and then package for the classroom where they see images and videos, but there's also a lesson that the flying classroom built behind it for elementary and middle school students, and it's packaged for the teachers, and they have something amazing they can uh, implement within their classroom to bring core subjects to life. Okay, you answered the question I was going to ask you when you say package. So these there's videos, and they're able to be captivated and see what has taken place, and I could definitely see where that's been captivated with all the things that you're doing. What are the future goals for the flying, rap, uh, the flying classroom, and what do you hope the students will take away with them? Well, the future goals for flying classroom, uh, we're going to continue filming more expeditions, and we honestly look at subjects that teachers struggle with. They struggle with it from an engagement standpoint and, you know, we bring them to life and we customize these expeditions that just brings 
a tremendous amount of purpose and, and reality uh, uh, to them. So we're going to be conducting more expeditions. We've done 30 expeditions to date on six of the seven continents, and we'll continue to do that. But one of the things that we're starting to do more is a lot of professional development training for teachers. One of the things we've realized, in the very same sense, students need to be exposed to science and math. So does teachers. And, you know, we do things such as we'll bring teachers in and have surgery on a 300-pound tiger. You know, like help them push beyond their fears in STEM, but also create learning opportunities. So we're starting to get more involved uh, with training for educators and enhancing their knowledge of certain science and math core competencies and also addressing the informational gap. What exactly do I mean? How long do you, if you saw something amazing in science today on the news, how long do you think it would take a major company to convert that into curriculum? I have no idea. You would, years, you would think years. quickly, but uh, not, nothing seems to be quick like that. Yeah. <laughs> so Don said a couple of years. Correct. It takes three to five years. Wow. We do yeah. it in three to five months. Wow. Um, That's incredible. Right? So it, it's really bridging that gap because kids want the content now. They want it now. They want to be exposed to it because it's happening in their space. And, um, you know, those, those are the, 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 the big goals. And for us to change the way in which kids learn. I'm, I've worked with kids who can't read. I've worked with kids who struggle with, you know, basic concepts. I've worked with all these different kids. And what's the driving factor? If they're engaged, you could get children to do whatever you want them to do. And, you know, the one industry that should know how to engage kids which is education, struggles the most. Now, of course, there are tons of different challenges, but hey, cell phone companies, apparel companies, a lot of folks have figured it out. And this is why, you know, we partnered with Scholastic in really doing the flying classroom and taking it to the next level um, as far as equipping teachers with engaging content and showing students what's possible. You know, Barrington, you must tap into some kind of a brain trust, a mastermind group uh, of people, you know, to get you into all these variety of academic intelligence, technological oriented uh, projects that you're doing. Um, you know, you, you must have, uh, you must tap into all kinds of avenues of people from all walks of life with expertise. Uh, uh, you know, they must just come to you or do you go to them? Uh, you know, that's a great point. You brought up. Do you know who my experts are? Nope. Believe it or not, it's kids. Wow, <laughs> wow. that's awesome. Amazing. Believe it or not, it's kids. Now, of course, I work with teachers. I work with amazing academic professionals that I learn from. But when you watch a child and understand what is it a child's fears in learning about a particular subject matter, and when you see, well, the issue isn't that they can't learn. The issue is the way it was introduced didn't motivate them to want to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, say that, we say all the time, oh, the, you know, kids are failing. They don't want to pass school. You know, they, they don't want to come to school. The answer is they're not motivated to. That's right. Adults are, adults are no different. 
right? Mm-hmm. Think about yep. all the reward programs adults are a part of. Wow. We're no Absolutely different right. than children. Absolutely right. right. Yeah. So this was your idea that you took and partnered with Scholastic. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Because Scholastic realized we were getting kids. So I was just focused on, you know, science and math. Scholastic realized I was getting kids to read. Wow. Yep. Absolutely. And that I just was a to- tremendous value. <laughs> I just thought of a, a, a just a good saying uh, that learn, uh, living is learning forever. That's what you represent. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Constantly because, learning. It, yeah. And you're getting at their level, so that's why this is engaging. You're understanding and getting in the minds of these kids and also thinking of yourself probably back when you were in that hardship environment growing up. Now, my understanding is you're originally from Jamaica, though. Is that right? But you you spent most of your time growing up in Miami. That is correct. That is correct. Wonderful. So I was born in Jamaica. And, of course, my parents still instill, you know, a lot of those uh, core values and so forth from the island. But, sure. you know, I at the age of six, I grew up in Miami. And, you know, we grew up in some rough neighborhoods. Yeah, for sure. Now, what is the biggest challenge, perhaps, or the biggest need that the flying classroom is facing today in the event that we have some listeners out there that are looking to support and follow your work? Sure. So one of our core goals is um, to work with more schools. Uh, Every year since, since 2014, our company has doubled in size each year. And it's, it's doing really well, but we want to also build more corporate partnerships or uh, uh, partnerships in communities where, you know, corporations are looking to have impact with schools, and we can help with that. We could provide the service. And we're also looking to partner with more schools out there. Anyone interested, just visit flyingclassroom.com, shoot us an email, and we definitely follow up because that the whole goal of this is to – Make learning real, relevant, and, and, and fulfilling for students and teachers. Well, thank you so much, Barrington, for joining us, for being an inspiration to Don and I. We're still sitting here shaking our heads going, absolutely, wow, this is incredible. Thank you for empowering and inspiring our listeners and our kids today. And thank you for never quitting on yourself and and always believing in the kids and yourself and truly going after what your heart desires. So when we come back, Dr. Don and I are going to share some truth about moments when we almost quit, but instead we decided to persevere and the difference it's made. We'll be back in a moment. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of feeling stuck? Well, this can be your disconnect of the past. We can help you live the life of your dreams. All you have to do is check out a new dawn naturalsolutions.com and get started by making a shift and signing up for your free five keys to unlocking success as featured in Jack Canfield's The Road to Success book, volume two. 
That's a new dawn natural solutions.com. We're here to help you connect to ultimate wellness. A new dawn natural solutions. Take control of your health and live a natural way to a better life. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is Wake Up and Listen. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to wakeupandlistenradio at gmail.com. That's wakeupandlistenradio at gmail.com. Or you can even post them to our Facebook page. Just search Wake Up and Listen. Now, back to the show. Here's Don Burnett and Dr. Don. Welcome back, everyone, to Wake Up and Listen. We've been talking about ways on how to fulfill your dreams. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Don, who's still sitting there shaking his head. Recovering. Unbelievable. He's just like, we didn't want the stories to end. So we personally will be continuing to talk to Barrington about his story. And we are so captivated and just hope that you have been is inspired as we have. And I want to take a moment now, Don, to share some moments of adversities that nearly knocked us down from pursuing our own personal dreams and what we did to stay the course. So how about, let's start with you. Go ahead. Well, you know, uh, there's a saying, well, it's not a saying, but, you know, if there's no problems or obstacles, guess what? There's no success. You know, problems and obstacles are nothing but stairways or steps to success. You've got to have problems or there is nothing going on in your life. You've got to have them, overcome them. So eat problems for breakfast, as the saying goes. Um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, you know, living is learning forever. Um, I realized way back that my life, uh, what I was doing in my practice, my private practice, health practice, was uh, not going well at all. And... Uh, I realized I, I, I just was not happy with myself, and I was ready to toss in the towel. I was doing nothing in my practice. I was bankrupt. And then I heard a great speaker, just like uh, Barrington had somebody at 14 or 15 years of age, Dr. Robinson, uh, Captain Robinson, came into his life and mentored him about being a, a pilot. So that was a step up for Barrington. Well, a step up for me was hearing this great speaker who talked about health care, now, I didn't say disease care. I said health care. made such an impression on me. I just shut down everything in my practice, listened to this, this guy's tapes, this doctor's tapes for 13 hours. I listened to him day and night. Then I, after that, I uh, became a, a speaker. And from then on, I was a changed person. That was one person made a huge difference in my life. It took me out of the shyness disease. I know a lot of us out there, we're fearful of taking the next step because we're not sure of the end result. You don't have to know what the end result is. Just take, take the doggone step. You want to learn how to swim? Jump in the water. You will, you will swim because you will keep your head above because your fear of dying is greater than, than, 
then whatever your fear is, you're, you're going to want to overcome the big obstacle of drowning. So you'll keep yourself above water. So we all have to do that in life, all of us. I'm 73. Dawn is quite a bit younger than me. Can't, re- can't reveal her, her age. We don't do that with the <laughs> ladies. <laughs> she kicked me on the ankle. And, uh, you know, so, but we all have to overcome obstacles in life. We all have them. And especially you folks that are younger, my gosh, just bite the bullet. Do what you want. God gave us all kinds of individual talents, and, and we got destinies that are coming up. Uh, you know, in the future, we never know what the, what the future holds, but let's determine the future. Do what you want to do. He did. Look at the risk he did by flying around the world with all those possible dying uh, episodes. So now I'm going to turn it back over to Don. Yeah, I want to say it's all about really being connected and open to new possibilities. And I have what I feel is an amazing story. And you know the story, Don, but the listeners don't know the whole story. But we were reflecting last night about the story. And the truth is, at the beginning of this year, that would mark January, I had just finished with a publicist. I was literally ready to rip my hair out, but I'm getting a little older and it can fall out on its own so we don't rip it out. And I was ready literally to just give up on my dreams. And my 12-year-old son, when I was tucking him in at night, grabbed my face and said, Mommy, I will not let you quit and give up on your dreams. You have worked far too hard. So here I am. I wrote this humorous dating book. I wasn't sure about the publisher. I had just landed a literary agent, which is a job in itself for anyone who's ever published a book out there. And not knowing what direction to turn and what to do and throwing my hands up in the air, I turned on an episode of Super Soul Sunday where Oprah was interviewing interviewing Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul guy. And in there, he talked about how for 18 months, he was turned down 144 publishers, turned him down 144 times. And it was at Book Expo of America at the last booth where someone had told him to go with HCI Publishing in Deerfield Beach, Florida, that took on that book. It was at that moment that everything started mentally kicking in gear. I push, go after my literary agent, look up the information, get him to submit the manuscript. And that in itself is a hurry up and wait game. So in the meantime... I had seen something about this company that represented Jack Canfield. And then I see this email where they were asking me to be part of this book. And then I realized they worked with Jack Canfield. I called them up. I told them I only want to work with Jack Canfield. And they told me that opportunity had been closed for 30 days. I wasn't taking no for an answer. I told them, don't call me back unless I can work with Jack. Long story short, they called me back. I worked with Jack. I co-authored The Road to Success Volume 2, went out in September, flew out to Hollywood, got my best-selling author award out on the red carpet, 
had cocktails with Jack Canfield pictures and a whole bunch of other authors. But it didn't stop there. We were approached to do this radio show. And in the meantime, by doing all of this, it made the book deal go down with HCI. And then here I am out in Hollywood, and I meet Aaron Gruel, who you'll later hear on one of our episodes coming up on December 28th from the Freedom Writers at Paramount. I mean, who would have ever have guessed these steps? So my whole thing is I would have never in a million years back in January when I was ready to quit and throw in that towel had imagined I'd be where I'm at today with that book release coming out. February 7th. Oh, how sweet it is. Yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, Don and I bounce stuff off each other. And, and, you know, we enjoy each other's company. And, uh, you know, just doing these shows, uh, all these guests, my gosh, they've all in, uh, enhanced our, our lives uh, because they got great things. They're all about, they turn their lives around. Everybody on this show has turned their lives around. I mean, listen to what Barrington talked about coming from Kingston, Jamaica, and and then into Miami, a desolate area down there with all kinds of corrupt drug uh, stuff in his school system and everything. Couldn't even bicycle outside his own backyard without fear of getting hurt. I mean, my gracious, and look what he's done now. He's serving humanity. That is absolutely incredible. And Dawn, with her books and working with Erin Gruel, all these people, she's going to do magnificent things with her life. You just watch. You follow this lady. You follow her on whatever she's doing. You go to anewdonnaturalsolutions.com. Follow this lady. Just follow her. Oh, thank you, Don. He's from such a loving place, you can tell. As are all of our guests, I want to really leave you to ponder. For all of you who have tuned in regularly for each weekly show, and those of you who haven't, go back and, and listen to the shows. There's one common denominator, and that's love. Barrington overcame cultural communication issues by body language of love, coming from a place of serving right down to sharing his candy. So we want to thank you for listening. If you have any questions about the show, please email us at wakeupandlistenradio at gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook, search Wake Up and Listen Radio. That's all we have time for now. Tune in next Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 5 Pacific Time. We'll be talking with Dr. Mike Dow. Wow, has that guy been on every show there is out there. And we're going to be talking about lifestyle choices and how they can derail our health. Thanks for tuning in. We're looking forward to connecting with you next week. Take the bull by the horns and charge. That's all we have time for. Thank you for tuning in this week. Wake Up and Listen is broadcast live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to join Don Burnett and Dr. Don again for our next show. 